Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick B. We got to get some harmony for that. Nick B's wife's favorite drink is gin. Oh, yeah. And they enjoyed watching The Green Mile this week together. I saw that. Nice. Yeah. I love The Green Mile, both movie and book. Is that a Stephen King joint? It is. Joint? Okay. Uh-huh. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. Well. I mean, he didn't direct it. No, because so it's, it's good. Yikes. I'm going to smash all these mics. <laughs> I've heard about Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> yeah. That's the only other one, too. So. Well, I like hearing that yeah. uh, Nick B and his wife are spending quality time together. That's I great. do, too. That yeah. sounds like a lovely evening. This episode also brought to you by... Rebecca! Rebecca! Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. I tried to find a uh, death-related pickup line. Hmm. Oh, and there's got to be a lot of those out there. Right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Rebecca. You put the fun in funeral. Oh! oh. <laughs> Mikey, jeez. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. My, Mikey's never been more proud of a pickup line in his life, and that is... Terrifying. That's saying something because there have been some stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's competition for that title. <laughs> well, and if you want something attractive to wear to your funeral, no. think of <laughs> Rebecca's Ooh. Etsy store where she sells all kind of Disney products. Except like going to be dark, years. man. <laughs> At Straight on Tell Disney on Etsy. This episode also brought to you by Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. How you doing? I have to be mad at Ryan. Yes, you do. I haven't made you mad two weeks in a row, so what are you going to do? Oh, you've made me mad. I just haven't used that content. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was doing so good. You fucked up, Mikey. I thought I was doing so good. My favorite is when I ask Ryan a question, (laughs) and he immediately responds with another question that's totally unrelated to what we're talking about. It's It's a real dick move, Ryan. Can you record the 19th? Have y'all seen the new Captain Crunch box? That literally <laughs> happened yesterday. Yes. This is ridiculous. Ryan, uh, why would you ask questions <laughs> like that? I don't like this segment. Uh, I think it's my favorite. <laughs> we need a catchy theme song for the Patreon. Oh, yes. I love that idea. So, listeners, if you have any sort of musical talent and want to write and produce and create a theme song for the Patreonicals. Please uh, submit them to us either on one of our social accounts or just info at horrorvirgin.com at our email address. <laughs> but Mikey, are you ready for this week? I'm ready. I'm ready for this week's episode of The Patreonicals. Oh. So there's a wildfire in Australia. Yeah, it's real, real bad. It is. Thoughts and prayers and water to Australia. Yeah, hopefully just rain. So Eddie's a (laughs) zoologist. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and he rescued a bunch of those koalas that are like stranded and thirsty and stuff. I saw a video of like people Mm -hmm. collecting koalas in their car and stuff, or just wildlife in general, because it's been horrible for them. But people have been really doing good, like Eddie. And so he reached out to a sanctuary in America. But Russell, he wants to hijack a plane of rescued koalas. He wants oh. to hijack a plane Bane style of <laughs> yeah. um, rescued koalas. But yes. to rescue the koalas or of koalas who have been rescued? Russell is a bad guy in this story. Right. Mm-hmm. But we think he has a heart of gold secretly. Well, we don't know. We don't know. I guess we'll have to wait. No one knows. Only the shadow knows. <laughs> is the shadow the organization the villains work with? <gasps> it is now. I love this. <laughs> this is now canon, Mikey. <laughs> this is my favorite. Let's keep going. All right. So Eddie sent the koalas. Yeah. To uh, the American sanctuary. Well, a plane lands, a plane lands. But like it does. It's flown by Russell. Okay. Because oh, you know, he, he hijacked it. Well, he like replaced the pilot with oh. himself. He liked as catch me as you can to on, onto the plane as a pilot and then took over the flight. Yeah. Interesting. Ugh. Pretty much. And then Eddie's like, okay, here's all the koalas. I, yeah. You know, he's a zoologist. He's done the wiser. He's like, please take these to a safe place. They can come back when this is all better. But then, you know, Russell works with Michael, who's also. Right. They're villains. Yeah. They're yeah. Villains. They work for the shadow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So Michael has a guy taped up in the back. No. The real why? pilot. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the real pilot. Michael and Russell have the real pilot taped on the back. His name's Derek. Oh, no. Oh, no. Derek did nothing wrong. He was just trying to save the koalas. the koalas. They put all the koalas in the plane. Right. And they take off, and uh, Michael and Russell in the front like, ha, 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 ha. No. We've done it again. Yes. yes. As the koalas, they're so thirsty, they suck the blood out of Derek. Oh, no. And like, Russell checks the back to check on the like the loot or whatever, and all he sees is a bunch of koalas covered in Derek's blood. So he was eaten by koalas to death? Yeah, because they were thirsty. I thought they were vegetarian. They were just super thirsty, so they drank his blood. Yeah, that's a horrible way to go. I'm sorry, yeah. Derek. I, I do like that Russell and uh, Michael walk back and they're like, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> this us escalated. As yeah, us as villains did not see that coming. You're right. Wow, we thought he'd be safe back there. <laughs> so Matthew gets ding, ding, ding on his Mary Poppins. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, right, because yeah. there's, a, there's a problem afoot. Australia sends him a text message. The country sends a text to yeah. an umbrella. Yeah, 911. Right. The koalas have been hijacked. Right. So they know they're landing in a secret airfield in Colombia. Oh, because it was hijacked. I thought yeah, they were yeah, in yeah. America, but they, they were hijacked. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Matthew called Cody Roy. It was like, hey, I okay. need you to woodwork me a giant boombox. Giant boombox so, made out of wood. Yes. Yeah. You know, like the wooden boomboxes you used to <laughs> exactly. see? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I carried one around on my shoulder all through the While 80s. roller skating on the beach, yeah. <laughs> so the plane lands in Columbia, but they're waiting for him with the giant boombox. Matthew and Cody Roy press play, and the uh -huh. Crocodile Dundee soundtrack plays. And that, as you all know, lures koalas wherever you need them to go. Oh, Does really? It? It, it, <laughs> yeah. It harnesses the force of the koala army? Uh-huh. And they follow that song all the way to the koala sanctuary. So the koalas get away. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And so like, they all come out. There's like a scuffle between the, the villains and the good guys. Uh -oh. And then the villains leave on a submarine. And they're like, oh, Team Rocket blasting off again. Wait, aren't they in an airfield in Columbia? It's on by the beach. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. It's, it's, it's oh, all checked out. It's a beachside airport. That actually does sort of make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Adjacent to the submarine landing yeah. zone. One of the koalas triggers the plane <gasps> to like start the engines. Just like Baby Yoda style. Not knowing mm, what he's doing. Right. Just hits exactly. a button. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So the plane crashes and then the engine flies off. It's flying through the air. Uh -oh. Red Map is driving through. He's scared of the plane engines. He's just scared of planes now. Oh, I man. mean, that makes sense. Stay tuned next week on another episode of the Patreonicals. I hate to tell you this, but I knocked over some water and it's been oh, yeah? closer and closer and closer and it's going to knock over a boombox that's going to play the theme music. Oh, no. Just, oh no. no. I see a, I the know. shadow of death and wind around us. I know. And then the theme music's going to explode and kill us all. Oh! How do they fertilize them? They don't hump the eggs, do they? We do the eggs. No. <laughs> Guys, listen, never never go outside during bird mating season. Oh. Like get hit with some residual yeah. bird squirt. That white stuff is not bird poop. <laughs> Welcome to the horror virgin, everybody. Oh, we are wow. classing it up here. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them, and then we make fun of them together. And this week you guys made me watch the Rube Goldbergian death machine that is Final Destination. Yes! I love yeah. Final Destination. It's like my favorite version of Mousetrap. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, everything felt like a Rube Goldberg machine in this mm. to me. Except the plot. <laughs> no, that felt like a Rubik's Cube that is unsolvable. <laughs> 
It is very yeah, complicated. It is a very complicated It's plot. like if Rube Goldberg's 15-year-old granddaughter wrote a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do understand why they never let the person who wrote this movie write again. Mm. And I think that that was a wise choice. But I also understand why the franchise continued, mm. if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those movies. It is. Yeah, yeah. And this one is kind of like, like I think about it like with Paranormal Activity, where the first one you're kind of trying to be like, a serious movie and then afterwards it just kind of embraces the concept of the crazy yeah. deaths you know and I say that as someone who loves Final Destination 2 also yeah and yeah. I don't mean that to shit on the guy who wrote this movie I mean mm. that so much as like he came up with a cool concept yeah and then it's like George Lucas with Star Wars it's the first Star Wars is not the best Star Wars mm. If you're saying that, it's because you're looking at through the lens of nostalgia, and that's the first one you saw when you were six. But I'm just saying that, like, George Lucas came up with a great idea for Star Wars, and then the best Star Wars were the ones that he didn't himself write. But he took the concept. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like the writer of this movie was good, but I feel like his concept is cool. I also have a big soft spot for 90s horror movies. Yeah, it's nostalgic for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And while this one, like, this is like my house, too, you know? And (laughs) although this is technically in 2000, I still kind of consider it in the 90s movie They filmed thing. in the 90s, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and if you look at it, it's kind of like the bridge between 90s horror movies and like torture porn that was coming next. You know, it's kind of like a, a weird place in the middle. I don't get any middle. torture porn vibe for the, from but this. But there's like the crazy deaths and like the the, the, the death, mundane yeah. things that are going to, Okay, know. I can sort of see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, like, especially with Todd's death. Right, it's like, right, right. It's like yeah. torture without a torture. So it's, just porn? <laughs> I might have been more into it. Yeah. yeah. All but right. No, I love this movie. And we say it's written terribly, and I don't necessarily think it's that. It's terrible. It's just, it's very 90s dialogue. Yeah, you know? it's and it's really like teen angsty to yeah. me this whole movie felt sort of like a pizza cutter all of it was edgy but there was no point to it if that makes sense <laughs> pizza, oh it just kept okay yeah because it's like it's like all cutter. edge but mm. no point anyway so th- that's sort of how i felt about the writing of it i, I don't know spoiler alert is, don't hate the movie oh yeah I, th- I think there's a lot of like things that you could really read into this as like fear of mortality and like teenagers confronting their mortality and their place in the world. But I think the surface of it is very bubblegum. Yeah. And you have to really dig for yeah. that. You know? Yeah. You, I think you have to project that onto the movie because it does not have any of that. <laughs> it's a cheesy movie. I yeah. like it. But I just don't. I mean, there's no like real villain. It's like fate is the villain. God is the villain. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's no way to escape it. So like what's the whole point of the movie? It is very nihilistic, which I don't think you always really like, but I really like a lot of times. I like horror movies where like there's like a thing you can overcome or whatever. And then we can get it to when we get to the ending, but it's just like, oh, well, everybody's just fucked. So don't worry about it. Well, yeah, that's life. Well, that, and death. That's why I, I don't like movies to remind me of life and death. I uh. agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> But maybe we should just get into this fucking movie, yeah, guys. Sure. So we start with a rainy opening credit scene, and we see someone packing. <laughs> and we see a passport, yeah. and we see death of a salesman, and there's a bunch of ominous shit in this room. Well, cool. I mean, ominous so much as that it's just like a stupid fan that's oscillating, and it's blowing <laughs> convenient plot things open and exactly. to certain pages <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the fan this of is, destiny. It is the fan of destiny, movie, yeah. It just takes any mundane object, puts scary movie music over it. Right. And then the can the camera pans slowly. It's like, 
Here's the microphone. Yeah. Uh-huh. The fan in his room gets more screen time than most of the actors in this movie. But it's a good fan. It oscillates. Ugh. And I'm a fan. <laughs> when, when you... <laughs> Jen is dancing around the room. When you ask that fan if this is a good movie, it answers correctly. <laughs> oh, but we do see a lot of ominous stuff just that looks ominous when you play it over scary music. I mean, it really is just him packing because he's going to Paris. So we yeah. see... He's like he's, folding his boxes. He's like, dun, 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 dun. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna shit these later. <laughs> oh, oh. That's what the fan said. Sorry, that was not me. <laughs> yeah, that's clearly not Jen talking. But it's like the evil version of his room being in a wind machine. You know? Yes. Well, we what? find out that he's going to Paris, but more we or find less. out that it's Devin Sawa going to Paris, and I love him so much. Is he somebody? Yeah, I did yeah. not he recognize him. He was in Casper. Him. He was in Casper. He was in he was Idle much, Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Has he been in anything in the last twenty years? Yeah, no. he's been in some. I mean, nothing big. But let me tell tell you he is a solid follow on twitter he is really funny really but so it's devin salad and i love him partly because of this movie he's I, not that bad in this movie oh no he's great yeah. i mean considering what he's given to say yeah. yeah i mean this does feel like it could have just been a long episode of like dawson's creek yeah <laughs> because it's not you know great and it's yeah. like that late 90s early 2000s vibe yeah, yeah. so now devin salad is talking to his parents and they're getting ready for the trip and we're gonna start seeing a lot of like omens of things and one of them is to take the tag off of your suitcase from the last trip and then you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to do that is that an omen no i had never heard that before but that the movie says it's an omen so yeah i've never heard that before either i will argue it's not an omen in this movie because nothing comes back from that right and it's but what I'm saying is it's the first in a long, long, long series of very minute, mundane things that are presented as very ominous signs of death. He's 17. He's on his senior trip to Paris. Uh-huh. And his dad says, you have your whole life ahead of you. And then he looks at his dad like his dad <gasps> called him like a bad word or something or well, said he'll never be proud of him or whatever. Right. This movie is silly. That's it because is. it's a really bad omen when your dad says that you have your whole life ahead of you. Is it a bad Yeah, omen? you're not supposed to say that. He, like, hands him the Dr. Seuss book. Oh, the places you'll <laughs> yeah, go? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and then he, like, single tear rips it up like Sinead O'Connor in front of him. Okay, so now Devin Sow is asleep in a very tiny bed. I will say I think there's room enough for me in that bed, though. For you and Devin? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, nice. oh my God. I want to point out that Devin is 17 in this movie and you mm-hmm. are hey, mid-30s. Jen was 17 when this okay, movie okay, came out. Okay, that's okay? fair. That's fair. Uh, okay? All right. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> It's going to be a Thirsty Gin episode. (laughs) 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 All right. So now we're at the airport and we just we're starting to see all of the cast of characters that we're going to meet in a little more detail. I sort of hated this scene because it seemed like they were already in Paris because the what we now know is the French teacher is speaking Mm -hmm. to them in French. And then the overhead speaker is speaking to them in French. And that is a thing you would only encounter in France. Honestly, JFK is a very big international hub. It would probably mm. cycle through many different languages. Right. Yeah, back then, airports were run like Epcot Center. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this is pre-9-11, so you're right. Yes. Yeah. So every mm. terminal had like their own like French restaurant, French yeah. language, French souvenir <laughs> shop. There was a guy with like a ascot with a baguette <laughs> yeah, yeah. roller skating down the terminal. And, and a mime. That is a very French thing, yeah. Yeah, it is. Alright, so okay. they're in this terminal. Yeah, and so we, we're starting to meet our cast of characters. So we got our 
main character, he's like every man. Devin Sowell. Yeah. He's got a buddy named Todd, not to be confused with me, because yeah. that Todd only has one D, and one I've D. got both of them. Mm-hmm. We also meet the two hot ladies. I can't remember their name. And they aren't in it very long, because no. they die in the plane Spoilers. crash. Uh, we also meet, what's their name? Clear. Clear? Who's Clear? Yes. Allie Larder's name is Clear the in artsy this chick, movie. Artsy chick Her name clear. is Clear. It's Clear. It's not Claire? It's not Claire. I thought they were saying Claire yep. the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Her name is Clear. Her name is Clear. C-L-E-A-R. Yep. Like she is a Scientologist who has like reached the enlightened stage. Yeah, her name is Clear. That is one of the things that drives me insane about this movie. Wow. And it's just one of those things that you tried real hard in the 90s and it just didn't quite catch on. She's obviously rich as all hell because she's got no parents, three houses. Yeah. A dog. Yeah, yeah. a dog. An above ground pool. Yeah. She's a casual welding artist. Yeah, she changed her name to Clear when she uh, she may have changed her name to Clear. Yeah, yeah her name is like Teresa or right. Tabitha, <laughs> and she changed her name to Clear. Yeah. My parents are like, dead. My name's Clear now. Because of the death of my parents made me clear about what's going on in this world. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, I, whatever, man. Her, she can choose whatever she can, name yeah. she wants. Go That's fine. Yeah. You got my favorite character, Angry Jock Guy. Oh, Jack from Dawson's Creek. Yay. Yeah. His name is Carter, and I do really like him in this movie. And we've got Todd and his twin brother, whose name I don't know. And we have Stifler. Stifler's in yeah. this movie. Uh, yeah. Sean William Scott's like one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really done much, which I think he may be by choice. Yeah. But I, I think he's great in everything he does. I do too, and I love his character, especially because I can't remember when American Pie came out, but the character he plays in this movie is very kind of like silly and like... Yeah, he's very dorky. In yeah, movie. dorky. Yeah, it's very different from that character mm-hmm. in American Pie. Which I really like. Yeah. Me too. Sean's got range, man. And then we have Carter, who is Jack from Dawson's Creek, right. and his girlfriend, Terry. I mean, she's basically arm candy for him the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And like, lean, well, she provides my favorite death in all of horror. Yeah, so did Joe Black. What? <laughs> so we've got our cast of characters and then we've got the rest of the French class and some other yeah. teachers, you know. So Devin shows up and he's kind of looking out the window at the plane that they're about to get on and like, oh, you're looming at me. And then Todd said, do you ever wish your dick had wings? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I said that. Um, okay. I did not forget. <laughs> Although now I do remember Mikey's response, which was, mine does when I drink Red Bull. <laughs> it gives you wings. Mm. I, I liked it. Uh, Jen, your dick doesn't get its wings until you join the Mile High Club. <laughs> uh, is that what the Mile High Club is? Yeah, and then the flight attendant comes up to you and gives you those oh, like, yeah. little wings yeah, they, they used to give you as a kid who flew on planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie's really silly. <laughs> yeah, it I know. It is very silly, it. yeah. So single D Todd comes up and tells Devin that he needs to take a shit before yeah, they get on the poop plane. Together. Okay. I don't love watching people poop I don't in either. general. And we see Todd poop twice in this movie. We do, yeah. Why? <laughs> but he's explaining it. He's like, there are hot girls on the plane. You don't want to stink up the bathroom and trap everyone on the plane. So, yeah, Todd says we need to go torque out some cable, uh-huh. which, is- which is not a euphemism I've ever heard someone use for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Then it cuts to them pooping together. In yes, an overhead, overhead shot. shot. I was worried that we were going to see a little brown crack. Wait, what? From overhead, a little brown <laughs> crack. Like we were going to see a crack shot and a little brown in there. That's not how poop works. How do you poop? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag everyone but 
about Jen poops. Uh, I was. <laughs> I'll sign on for that. No, I was worried we were going to get a glimpse into the bowl. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Th- there's no bowl. But while they're both taking a shit, they hear it kind of pans over to Devin Sal's face, and then yeah. we hear Rocky Mountain High coming over the loudspeaker. And then Devin expositionally says, oh, "John Denver died in a plane crash." Right. All right. So now we're boarding the plane. Right. So they're getting on, and they see a crying baby on the plane, and then they see someone who I imagine has some kind of um, cerebral palsy. It looks. Yeah, like. yeah. And it looks like, like they were like he had like a nurse with him or maybe like a uh-huh. relative with him or whatever. But so Todd's brother is saying what God would strike down this plane. I'm like, well, why are you tempted fate, bro? Right. Yeah. The logic is this plane has a baby, so God would never crash this plane. But what we find out is that that's not true. So God would have to be horrible to crash a plane with them on it. But God is horrible and that's what happens. Well, I, I just don't think that's how that all works. But that's no, I mean, like opinion. Well, but this, this begins universe. the the real nihilism of this movie. Yeah, you know, is that death? Oh yeah, in this universe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. they don't even mm-hmm. call him God; they just call him death. Yeah. Well, this is really the only time they talk about God in the movie. I think it's more focused on death right. rather than a creator that would do unfair things, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. I feel like it's a little more palatable to talk about it in that sense. You know? Yeah, it would be it would be a hard movie if God was the villain, and that's what they talked about the whole time. Like, that is this movie. God's coming after us <laughs> one is, by one. That is this movie. What they, All they have done is taken all the bad sides of God and called it death. Right. But that is this movie. We are watching that movie. Yeah, or right. you could say fate or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what I'm talking about when I say there's a deeper reading of this movie that you could really kind of dive into but I also think you could watch it and just say oh people get killed in crazy ways you know that's what everyone thought when they watched it that's right. what ca- they cared about yeah. yeah right exactly which is partly why it's so successful yeah you know? I, I think so too and that's what I'm saying when I say this is the only time they really mention God because if the whole movie they had been just like imploring the heavens I feel like that would not <laughs> sell a lot a of tickets <laughs> So now they're on the plane and Devin sits down and he's real nervous and it just kind of looks like he's got a fear of flying. So then the two girls come up and ask Todd with one D if he'll switch seats with them. Yeah. And because he wants to sleep with them, I guess Mm -hmm. he thinks the best idea is to not switch with one of them. So he sits next to them. But then the way he does that is by saying he has a. UTI? Yeah. Which yeah. seems like a bad plan. It does, yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to have negative attention towards your junk. Exactly. Like positive yeah. attention. Yeah. Definitely not infection related yeah. negative attention. So, Todd doesn't want him to trade seats, but then they go to the other Devin Salas, because apparently one of these girls was supposed to sit by Todd, and the other one was going to sit by Devin Salas. Right. And so Devin Salas, because he's not a monster, says, no, I don't have any infection with my junk. Yes, you can trade <laughs> seats with me. They're like super flirty when he does. Are they super flirty? They're flirty because they want that seat not because yeah. they want what's in the yeah, seat. yeah they're working angles they don't care about Devin oh, yeah. Sawa yeah they're no gin <laughs> <laughs> so Devin Sawa trades seats and so now he's sitting next to Todd and the two girls are sitting by right. there and the tray is falling down it's not the, handle, in- the handle broke yeah, yeah the handle broke it right. literally came out in his hand but it's ominous it is. And so they're taking off and it's a little bumpy. And Devin Sawa has been noticing the plane looks really run down. It, yeah. It's like Value Jet. Do you guys remember Value Jet when we uh-huh. were kids? It's about as safe as it sounds. Yeah, they had three plane crashes and then shut down the entire airline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. I used to fly Value Jet all the time as a kid. Oh, man. Yeah. Jeez. So it's a little bit bumpy and then it's very bumpy and then it calms down and then it's super bumpy. And this is like one a of- night with me. Boom. Got it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, listeners, I apologize for setting that up. (laughs) 
This is a super terrifying like scene of a flight crash. You think? Yeah, I think so. I think it was at the time. Yeah. Now there's been super more horrifying plane crashes. Have there? Loss was bad. I was going to say Loss mm. is pretty bad. This is one of those movies you don't really want to watch if you're about to take a flight or if you have a fear of flying. Yeah. But it is very scary because um, it's like just exactly what you imagine is going to happen if your plane, plane starts bumping and won't stop because like starts bumping, luggage starts falling out, starts hitting people, mask, the masks fall out. Then like there's a fire somewhere and there's a hole in the fuselage and seats get pulled out. Yeah, and people like, like literally flying out of the plane mm-hmm. still strapped in their seats. Yeah, and like the teacher Miss Luton is trying to like hold on to her and it's really sad and it really is. like upsetting and it, really intense. And so then things start exploding around or like sparking and then there's blood splattering over the walls of the plane and then there's just fire that comes from the back and it, it's kind of like the Terminator 2 fire and it engulfs Devin Sawa. Yeah, and he like you see his like burnt face and stuff mm-hmm. and then you see him wake up in the seat covered with sweat. Yeah. Right. Now he's yes. super sweaty. Yeah. And the two girls are asking him, can we switch seats? And he's like, yeah, you can take all the seats because I get yeah. off the phone. We got to get off this effing mm-hmm. plane right now. Well, and so what he does is he jumps over to Todd's seat and he check or the seat right next to Todd and he checks to see if the tray falls and it does. So yeah. he's like, holy shit, this plane's going to explode. I would immediately at that point run off the plane. That's what me and Todd talked about. Like yeah. if one of us had like a premonition and ran off the plane. Oh, I'm going with you. Yeah. yeah. I'd follow you. Yeah. 100 uh-huh. percent i would pull a clear where if yeah. he started a fight i'd wait for the fight to dissipate and mm-hmm. then i would calmly walk off the plane <laughs> my, my favorite part about this scene is carter getting so angry wanting to fight him for being upset it's yeah. so, i hate carter so much in this like, movie best case scenario he's having an anxiety attack and then yeah. carter's like i'm gonna punch you in the face yeah, yeah. For being let me scared. make it way worse <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so anyway they all get dragged right. off the plane so right. carter carter's girlfriend terry yeah todd and Devin. well todd so todd was with he's like best friends with alex who's Devin sawa so he just goes off to make sure he's okay and yeah. his brother stays on the plane and then billy who's stifler he was in the stifler was in the bathroom while all this shit was going down in the terminal he, yeah he was in the terminal bathroom he was yeah. late and, to board yeah but yeah. he's still in the aisle yes and so he gets swept up in all the chaos. Well, the, the guy even says, all right, everyone in the aisle off the plane. Right. Just so they can deal with it. Like, exactly. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But like, that's how all seven of them end up off the plane. Exactly. And so you don't panic the rest of the people on the plane. Yeah. Isn't yeah. the teacher the teacher went out to? Both of the yeah. teachers go. The French speaking teacher and Miss Luton. And so they're all kind of like fighting in the lounge. And then the teachers are talking because they're like, well, we can't leave all of these students and let them go to Paris with no adult supervision. <laughs> right. So the flight attendants are like, okay, or the flight security at this point yes. are saying, okay, one of you go on the plane and the and one of you stay here and we'll deal with this. And so because the French teacher speaks French very fluently and is probably the better person to let them survive in France, she tells him to get on the plane. And it's not like they're never going to go. There's a flight exactly. three hours later they're going to hop on. So it's not like a huge loss. Yeah, right. This is uh, pre 9-11. I'm pretty sure yeah. after none of these people have been allowed in the uh, flight. In oh, three no. Hours. Yeah. Right. Well, no, absolutely. If it was now. Arrested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would have been in an interrogation room for like 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't seem like a big decision at the time, but it's going to turn out to be a very big decision. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not like a big deal. It's sort of whatever. And then. Exactly. What's her name? Miss Luton? Miss Luton. Yeah. Miss Hot Luton says, <laughs> why don't you go? We'll be there in three hours after yeah. you. It's not a big deal. We'll It'll just... be fine. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the older sort of French teacher guy gets back on the plane and then, mm-hmm. you know, dies. Yeah. And that's the decision that's going to haunt her for the rest of her life. And I can... The rest of her very short life. Yeah. yeah. So as the plane starts taking off, Carter 
they're still fighting with Devin. Mm-hmm. I'll never forgive you, bro. Yeah, you're yeah. ruining my trip. But they actually like literally fight. Yeah. Devin ends up on top of Carter. And then as Stifler is watching the plane in the air, he's like, there they go. And then you see through the big airport window, the plane explodes. And then a second later, it blows the windows in. And they're all like, holy shit. Yeah. It actually happened. If I was Devin, I would have stood up and been like, what now, you idiot? Yeah, to, come at me. To Carter. Yeah. But Carter remains mad that he is not on the flight. Mm-hmm. And that drives me <laughs> insane. Months later, he's still mad about not being on the flight. He's an idiot. This is one of my favorite moments in like all of horror movies. I love it so much. Why? Because. What? No one reacts how you would react they, in this situation. But they realize that he was right. Yeah. And if you have lived a life where people don't believe you about a lot of shit and you've been trying to tell people things and telling things, this hurts me, this is terrible. And then suddenly, like, this is the moment where I'm like, oh, fuck, they believe him. And it's just really cathartic i love it because he has been saying this and nobody's believed him everybody's made fun of him everybody's mad at him and then suddenly the proof is there and they can't deny it anymore i love it so much but then carter's still like fuck you for getting me off the plane and that's dumb well and that's also life unfortunately but what i think carter's really mad about is that devin sow has been the catalyst for him having to confront all of these issues that he doesn't want to deal with his own mortality exactly and i also think carter is just an angry person i think your first point is right because every time he gets really mad he's like i could show my my life and death yep. and I'm like mm-hmm. oh brother at one point he right. says I will never die yeah because <laughs> this movie's written well <laughs> but I also think that's the way a lot of teenagers think well he's a goon you know? it is the way <laughs> or on team America <laughs> yeah I mean it is the way teenagers think yeah. you're right and that's one of, one of the levels of this movie I think is it's kind of showing this invincibility that teenagers have at this point in their life when they're about to start like, like testing the boundaries of what they can Not do just teenagers, like young people. Right, but yeah. yeah, like as you step out into the world, you start feeling a lot more of the consequences and you start to realize how like fragile the world and life actually is. Oh, you yeah. Know? Because you're not in your parents' house anymore and right. you don't have anybody to clean up, clean up after your mess and if you hit somebody with your car, nobody's going to solve your what? problem. What's going on? Jen, are you admitting to a crime <laughs> no, right no, now? No, I'm sorry. What is Jen, happening? There's no right. statute of limitations on this. So yeah, there's no statute of limitations on manslaughter. <laughs> If you hit something with your car, nobody is going to pay for it for you, is what I meant to say. Not if you run over someone with your car. Uh, Sure. Let's go ahead and clarify that. Oh, yeah. I've never hit a person. So now after they're all staring at him like, holy shit, this really happened. You were right. We were wrong to doubt you. And I'm sorry. No one says I'm sorry. I know. Everyone's mad at him. I know. Everyone. So now they're all in this waiting room where they're waiting to be like interrogated by people or just kind of corralled. They're not really being interrogated. About anybody, they're not. But yeah, like they're being interrogated at the level that they would have been probably in two thousand. Yeah, probably. You know, um, and so they're all looking at him like he and he's saying, "You're all looking at me like I caused this." Like I, and I think part of the reason they all seem mad at him is they're all just terrified, and this was a terrible thing, and they don't really know how to process those emotions. So those emotions are going into being angry at him. So they're talking in the room, but it really is just like airport security talking to them, and it then is. they introduce the FBI agents, Agent Shrek and Agent Ween. Are yes. Their names. They're, those are their <laughs> wow. real names, yeah. I mean, this is a movie that named one of their characters Clear. That's fair, but why yeah. would you name one of your FBI agents after a big ogre? Why would you name the other one after a 
penis. Okay, that's that's also fair. All right, I've been high roaded by a dick again. Maybe we should just move past it, Mikey. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we've got an ogre and we've got a dick <laughs> on the FBI. You know the, the deputy director of the FBI is like, you know who would make a good team? Ween and Shrek. They're the dumbest <laughs> names. And we'll put them on like paranormal investigations or some shit. Yeah. What are we gonna have him investigate? I don't know, like death or something. Who right. cares? Mm-hmm. Just get him out of the office. The D files. I just feel like at the end of the movie they're like, I don't know what's happening. I just know like shit keeps happening. And yeah. I'm, I'm the FBI. I don't know how they don't lose their jobs. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alex, step away from the power cable. I guess what is going on? Yeah. But they're also talking to a representative of the airport who's saying there's probably no survivors. We're looking, but yeah, there's yeah. no way. I mean, exactly. And they saw the plane blow up in yeah. midair, and so now we kind of get a montage of them interviewing everybody and so they're interviewing Todd and he's talking about how his brother stayed on the plane yeah. and it's almost like you see and like I love this montage because it's like they're all just processing what happened because you see him like realize his brother was on the plane and yeah. I don't think he had really thought about that until then you it's know? a super sad thing it really Absolutely. is it's really sad yeah I was a little worried that you were going to have a problem watching this movie I think the bad writing takes me out of it because it's not really that sad and it was different my brother was in a car wreck and but I mean I did see it ha- like I was in the wreck with him you know I pulled him from the, the truck so right. it is what it is but I don't know it didn't really bother me that much If it, I think if it was darker and like more serious if it maybe. wasn't silly it probably would have bothered me because yeah. stuff like that I wouldn't say bothered me but I just have an emotional reaction to it. Right. I had no emotional reaction to this because Todd, much like this Todd, is a terrible actor. <laughs> you play one part very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's interviewing Todd and then he's interviewing Miss Luton, who is feeling very guilty because she sent the teacher back on the plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then interviewing Clear and she's talking about why she got off the plane because she's not really friends with anybody and um, she's just saying I saw what he was talking about and I kind of felt how he was feeling and I was like well fuck I don't want to be on this plane either and I, I don't know what I would do in that situation you know I like part of me likes to think would I have gotten off the plane too Maybe I absolutely just- would have gotten off the plane like I do understand that although mm-hmm. I do think it was a very big missed opportunity to have her also see the visions that could be like a turn at the end where <laughs> she's also seeing the visions well I mean he, she does see the bus at the end yeah, like she does. She see sees that. that very last bus, and she is in the second one. Oh. So, uh, are you suddenly more interested in the second one? No, but no. <laughs> I do that's, think that that's interesting. That's, that's, the, problem called the, that. that's yeah. the problem with the franchise is that they build the whole thing around these deaths, but there's really no way to like get through a Final Destination event. It's just like, you're fucked, bro. No matter yeah. what, it's eventually you're gone. Okay, so now the parents come in and are starting to hug everyone. Well, not all, not the, all parents. the parents, yeah, because Clear's parents aren't there. Clear's parents don't exist because she murdered them <laughs> six months before this movie takes place. It was part of her art, Todd. Yeah, okay. They're now ironwork sculptures in her backyard. <laughs> but yeah, nobody shows up to pick her up, and it's real sad. Yeah, it's so sad that when she hitches a ride home with Devin's family, she just stands in the rain rather than walk back into the house where she murdered her parents. Right, or get talked to by anyone in the car. Like any (laughs) form of parents would let a girl who just survived a plane crash go to a house by herself. Exactly. Without at least checking to see if there was somebody else home. Right. There's not a word. Walk her to the door, you monsters. Just come and stay at our house for a couple days. That was really scary. I'm sure you and Devin would love to bone out some feelings. Let's just work it out. Right. They (laughs) never hooked up. There was no kissing in this whole movie. They were clearly together in that final pair They were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just were... held hands. They always left room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Death kept coming between them. 
<laughs> so Devin Sow is at home and they're watching coverage of the plane crash on the news yeah. and there are no survivors and all 287 passengers were on board including 40 of these students and four teachers and they're like looking at scenes of this crash and Devin Sow is just watching it and crying imagining like one all of his friends were there and two that could have been me and it's really kind of upsetting yeah. and then he hears thunder and he sees lightning strike the street ominously it's like death throwing a temper tantrum out in his front yard <laughs> yeah I mean, isn't that what thunderstorms are? So now we're at the memorial service and 39 days have passed and they still don't know exactly what caused the accident. I did think it was really nice of death to give them one day for every person they lost in their friend group (laughs) of reprieve before it went after them again. It was, yeah. So now they are watching this memorial and there's this gigantic covered, we'll find out, eagle that's blocking the entire left side of this memorial. Yeah, it was actually the right side. Yeah, so like the Mm. stage is what your perspective is. It's left side, eagle's left side. It's stage left, Mm -hmm. you're right. Left wing side or right wing side? (laughs) So if you're on the stage looking out, you can't see anyone who's to your left. It's just big fuck off eagle. Was that the mascot of the high school? No, it was because they they died in a flight related incident. Yeah, the eagle is flying them to safety. But everyone at this memorial service is like staring at Devin like he's a dick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he did something wrong. Exactly. And I hate that. Why are people not like, hey, this guy saved our life? Exactly. And I didn't understand that at all. I really think it's just because they don't know what to do with all the feelings, and so they just focus them at being mad at him or thinking that he's crazy. But you think, you think that some people would be like, God told you the plane was going to crash, and you saved my son. God, you know, like a religious connotation of They like, would. An angel told that you. That is 100% what would happen. Mm-hmm. Except for Stifler is sort of doing that. Mm-hmm. Stifler just does not understand that he only saw that one premonition. <laughs> Yeah. And now right. thinks that he could see the future. And mm-hmm. I do sort of love that about his yeah, character. I do too. Yeah. It's like, I just got my driver's license. The guy said I was going to die young. Is that true? <laughs> and then he's like, should I ask out Stephanie or whatever right. her name is? Yeah. I love that. But yeah, yeah, that is funny. And then Carter now is saying, I don't owe you anything. I know you think you saved my life, but fuck you because I'm mad at the world. And the teacher doesn't want to talk to him. And I think she's just freaked out. I think she just mandatorily has to stay at least 50 feet away from every student. She does. <laughs> but yeah, she does. <laughs> Definitely is avoiding all of them, it seems like. Right. Well, and she's like moving. She's yes. like, fuck this, I'm out, I'm leaving the city. As you would mm-hmm. if you lost like 40 students. And- so Todd is giving his eulogy and he's talking about how when you're a teenager you never think that today is going to be the day that you die. Yeah. You know it is an abstract concept but you don't think it's going to happen to you because teenagers feel like they're invincible. You I'd know? imagine most people feel that way. Right. Death, like the way people cope with it is that it's something that happens to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have those thoughts of like, oh shit, I am going to die one day, it is sort of like, oh, I hate like those very existential crisis type thoughts i hate those man yeah but yeah i mean you have to come to grips with the reality of your own death you do yeah and that's just not something that i don't think many people think about regularly i don't think so either especially when you're a teenager but yeah no especially when you're a teenager sure right yeah when i was a sophomore in high school we had three students die like within three months of each other and it was very like a lot of us were like oh wow this could actually happen to me you know i mean that same thing happened to me around that same time yeah with Mm -hmm. my brother so Yeah. yeah but it's not unless you have actually seen it or been close to it, it's not something that you are going to Yeah, think and about. honestly, hopefully you have it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, so now Todd's at home and he's in the bathroom pooping again. Like a monster. The, whoever wrote this movie had a real poop fetish. It's normalizing poop, though. It is, you guys. Know? Oh, this movie's a little shitty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. All right, but so I think the real reason that we see him sit down is so we can pan down and see the water start to drip from the bottom it of is, the It is, yeah. Yeah, also the poop fetish. <laughs> <laughs> and so while this is happening, we're cutting to Devin 
having sour. And so I'm going to talk about that first because he's in his room and the fan of death is on and it's scanning and blowing a bunch of his like plane diagram investigation red line shit in his room. Yeah, it blows open a paper, like a newspaper right. back when that was a thing. And mm-hmm. he reads it. It's about the memorial they had at the school. Mm-hmm. And then after thinking about the memorial and staring at the picture of clear that they had. Yeah, his, he's her like clearvage. He, <laughs> he was definitely looking at her clearvage. It like zooms in on it. I'm like, I know. Well, then he's then he opens porn. Right? I know. And then he, he, he immediately God. goes to his penthouse like, collection. Hmm, this gives me an idea. <laughs> yes. And it was the People versus Larry Flint cover. Oh, was it? Yes. I don't have a penthouse collection. I just read the front cover. No, did Jen you? and I aren't judging you. I have heard my we, eyes when I see you. Jen and I just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this was when you commented on the monitor and said, remember when it was really hard to get porn on that computer? <laughs> <laughs> that is true, Mikey. Mm. I didn't have a computer under my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> Got real lumpy. <laughs> Ooh, that wasn't because of the computer. So as Devin Sawa is seeing all of this ominous stuff. and be masturbating. No, he doesn't get to that point. He can't get it up. <laughs> does he throw the magazine at the fan or something? No, an owl startles him, causing yeah, that's what him it is. to say, no, 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 I wasn't looking, I was yeah. looking, and throwing it into the fan. He's yeah. like, who? Who are you masturbating to? And so he throws the magazine. Why would you throw a magazine at an owl? Because you were startled while you were masturbating. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're walking you through this pretty (laughs) well. If if an owl comes to your window while you're masturbating, you you come real You use it. You just maintain eye contact. (laughs) You say, who are you looking at? It's a dominance thing. So Devin throws the penthouse magazine at the owl, and then it gets behind the fan, and the fan sort of cuts it up and Mm -hmm. spits it out, and then the word Todd lands on his leg. 1D. So now he knows something's up. Probably. Well, yeah. So he is reading the signs. Right, exactly. Uh, that literally landed <laughs> on his leg. And he's reading the signs for the article, so he knows yes, what's going to happen. he knows. So yeah. he runs to Todd's house. He does, yeah. But so this has all been happening simultaneously, and now we're getting back to Todd pooping in the bathroom. He gets up and he decides to shave himself. Which was odd because he's clean shaven. It and is. also because he's not using any liquid of any kind. He's dry shaving with a dull razor. Yeah, don't ever do that. This is a very poop masturbating heavy episode. Well, as we're talking about teenagers. <laughs> That's true. All right. But yeah, so he immediately cuts himself because apparently it's the first time he's ever shaved and he doesn't know what to he's do. Because he's stupid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. That's a personal attack. Sometimes you, I still cut myself every now and then. But do you cut it yourself immediately? I don't want to talk about that. Uh, Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, we'll back off of that. Yeah. So while he's cutting himself with his razor immediately, he sees a dark shadow behind him, and then we see the water start dripping across the floor. Chasing him. The water starts chasing him around the bathroom. It's out to get him. He doesn't notice the water at all. Right. That's my biggest complaint about this movie is that a bunch of stuff happens that people would notice. Yeah, I think he would notice a lot of stuff. If, Although he does notice the black ghost behind him. Right. Well, and so now he takes the nose scissors and he just sticks them up in his nose and he's about to... um, like, He's trimming. He is. And so this is where the first movie kind of sets this thing up. And then the next four movies like really take that and expand. Like him putting a very sharp thing up into his nose. The next movies are going to have him put like seven really sharp, deadly things up into his nose and just taunt you with maybe this is the thing that kills you. Or maybe this is the thing that kills you. Or maybe this is the thing 
thing you're sitting next to right now that could kill you if you're not careful, you know? Yeah. But I did get real nervous that those clippers were going to stab him in the brain. I thought he was going to slip on the water and the exactly. clippers were going to go into his brain. And I that's did what have I'm that saying, thought. Yeah. Is with the deaths and the sequels, there are like four more things like that. Fair enough. And then it's just a lot of misdirections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the misdirection misses him as he yes. walks away from the sink and then mm-hmm. you see the water change path. I thought that was kind of cool. Right, right. Because he's about to plug something in while it's being touched. It's well, he does. He plugs yeah, in a boombox yeah. and then unplugs it. And it plays That's a whole what? murder misdirection. John it Denver. It, it does. plays Rocky yeah. Mountain High, yeah. yeah. Then he's about to take a shower or something and he pulls back. And this was this thing I didn't understand for a long time. She was drying her unmentionables in the shower. She was, but instead of hanging them over the rack, which weighs oh, down yeah. your shower rack, she has like a clothesline in her shower, I think. Oh, and yeah. Like, I do think that's a little ridiculous because you would just right. hang it over the thing that's already in there. I've seen those clotheslines in showers before. But Have you? Okay. Those are usually for wood paneled houses. Oh, mm. I see how it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's a detractable shower clothesline for poor people, apparently. Apparently, Mikey. Yeah. yeah. But so as this is how he's stepping in and it like retracts and like loops around his neck like three times. And so he's standing in the tub and there's like some slippery stuff in the tub. So his feet. It's like shampoo slip- and stuff. Yeah. Well, he he knocks it down as he's trying to get out. Right. Yeah. Uh, so okay. he, I think this death is like real dumb. I just you mean wanna, it would I have been easy it. to avoid? Yeah. I think they actually made it look great for some of the special effects they used, or I don't know how they did it, but like it looks good. But he could yeah. just like put his arm on that rail and it's slippery. Gone. Not on the side. Come so on. he's hanging by his neck into the shower and he's like slipping and he can't get himself up and he keeps trying to get these scissors and his eyeballs are turning red as like the blood yeah. vessels are bursting. Yeah. It, they make it look real good. They do and he's like clawing at the line on his neck and then he yes. dies and it's really sad. Yeah, he chokes to death. In a way that looks very much like a suicide. Yes. Could easily be misrepresented as a suicide. And it, it does get misrepresented as a suicide, it I does. believe. Yeah. And then once the water has completed its mission, it retracts itself back into the toilet. Yeah. Did the water do anything? Did he slip in the water he in or the something? Water okay, so slipped in the water. So that's how he got into the tub. So exactly. he slipped in it. I wasn't quite sure exactly how he ended up falling into it. Slipped yeah. on the water. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now Devin Sawa shows up and the ambulance is out there and the parents are out there too and they're saying Clear is out there for some yeah, reason. Yeah, why is Clear there? I don't know. They never explain that. She felt Devin Sawa inside her and that's why she I'm sorry, she felt him where? That's what she says in the conversation after she shows him her art. We'll get oh, there. you're right. She feels, yeah, she does say, I she feel you inside She feels his me. presence, and so she's <laughs> drawn to him like a magnet. Oh, my God. It's the God. power of the Sawa, man. This movie Ooh. is so well written. <laughs> I love it. But so she's saying, because she at least is smart enough to know, don't let the FBI see you here, because they already think you tried to blow up the And plane. they're there already. They are, Which yeah. is that insane. Never happen. Well, yeah. I mean, if you got hired in the FBI, but everyone at the FBI I hate you. So mm-hmm. they like send you out all the time to investigate <laughs> death. Right. I do think you might be just in the area. Right. You don't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah. Cause right. they don't want you back at the office. Oh. Right. They're like, ah, oh, maybe he's a suspect still. <laughs> so now um, the parents are coming over to yell at him and say, they're saying he killed himself because he had so much guilt over his brother telling his brother to stay on the plane. Like survivor's, survivor's guilt. guilt. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a thing. It is a thing. People yeah. deal with that. Like right after my brother died, I dealt with that and all that stuff in therapy. Mm-hmm. Like you Definitely deal with that. But he's telling the parents like he wouldn't kill himself. We right. made plans the other day. You know, there's there's no way that he would try to kill himself. That's ironclad evidence. Which <laughs> right. Well, and then, yeah. well, even when the in the morgue, he's like he clawed. The, I mean, people can change their mind after you hang yourself. It's exactly. A very scary, hard experience. 
Right. Well, and we see that later on when Carter is in the car and he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to die now. And then when it's like right there, he right. changes his mind because it's scary. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So the next day, Devin is walking down the street to Clear's house and he sees an ominous leaf fall in front of his foot. And that's when we notice he kind of has tiny feet. He does have tiny feet. But and that I, doesn't I, necessarily mean anything. It doesn't. Because listen, I've got tiny feet. I've got girthy feet. Yeah, you do. This is when we find. <laughs> this is when we find out that Clear is very in touch with her emotions. Man, she's a welding artist, which is Claire, the most badass artist you Claire can be. Clear is insane. <laughs> she is a little insane. She is like they tried to create the craft as a character in this movie. <laughs> You know? I've never seen the craft, but I know that is correct. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to make her like this spiritual, like artsy, being spiritual, artsy, yeah. gothy. Without any understanding of what that kind of character is actually like. Well, that's the, the same understanding a teenager would have. Right. I do, <laughs> exactly. I do love that in the scene, she like shows him this art and he's like, yeah, it's great or whatever. Right. And then she goes, it's you. That, 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 that's the best. She's oh. like, what do you think about this piece? And he's like, uh, it's a <laughs> yeah. gigantic skull nose thing with holes in it on a spring yeah, yeah. she's like that's you that's how you like, make me feel and he's like uh, what i don't want to be your welder guy. she also doesn't explain what that means you're like ambiguous and like and i feel you what? inside me all the time yeah, she said what? <laughs> and she's like i got off the plane because i was feeling what you're right. i didn't see the thing but i felt it mm-hmm. oh my god yeah. But then one of the sentences she does say, Jen, as Jen has pointed out, was, I feel you inside me. That yeah. is insane. She does. And nobody yeah. laughs. And he doesn't, like, try to make a move, which is kind of nice. I'm not going to lie to you. Even if I survive a plane crash, if someone tells me I feel you inside of me, I'm giggling. <laughs> oh, I would giggle, too. Yeah. You're like, you want to? Yeah. <laughs> Mikey would be like, wonger, wonger. Uh. <laughs> I will say, in college, I dated a sculpture and metal casting major who was, like, who did that kind of art. Oh, I bet he did. He Dick could, art. He could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then he responds, not with, uh, I have to go, you're weird. <laughs> he responds with, <laughs> he says. <laughs> that would be me. Well, now that you've shown this much interest, right. I'm out. And I'll be like, this sculpture is mine. You made it for me. It was a gift. <laughs> Clear. And then you would trip and break all the rest of her art. <laughs> <laughs> my life is final. I'm like, Todd like pulls up to my house. How is that power cord moving? I'm like, I don't know. The dog got out. Maybe we're haunted, guys. <laughs> but so what he's saying is it still could all be around us. Not my dick. Death. <laughs> <laughs> right, death. And maybe Todd was just the first. This movie is not realistic at all because if I was with a woman like Clear and like we knew death was coming for us, we'd be like, we might as well, like, you know, we should hook up if we're going to die. But you realize that she has a say in that too, right? You got to at least approach the conversation. Oh, yeah. You got to at least ask the question. She did make a whole sculpture about me. Yeah, you're probably in. I yeah, mean, and, and she did say that you've been inside her this yeah, whole time. I'd be like, you really want to feel me inside you? <laughs> 
Maybe I can I'm pass starting, the power to I'm you. I'm starting oh. to see why you're not having a lot of success <laughs> in this thing we call dating. <laughs> yeah, there's like 90 episodes of evidence. <laughs> I, I don't even tell them I'm on a podcast. You should not. <laughs> God, I hope they don't Google me. But so he's saying, I feel like there's still something. And maybe Todd was just the first one. Yes. And he's like, I just miss my friend. I want to see him one more time. And she says, well, do you? Let's go see him again. I didn't really see the whole point of this. I mean, plot speaking, no. it really is just so we can get Tony Todd's cameo uh-huh. and explain the premise of the movie. Worth it. Or the rules, right? Yeah. But listen, Mikey, if you die, I am not going and breaking in the funeral home. No. I'll go to the visitation of the wake. Are you Catholic? I'll go to the funeral, whatever. <laughs> whatever it wake. is, I'll yeah. go. I'll honor you. Yeah. We'll find someone to replace you quickly. But I mean, listen, it's gonna. Well, I'm not going to break into a funeral in home. In my yeah. will, I have my final wishes set out, which is where I'm cremated, baked to a bunch of lasagna, and is served at a big party for me. Are you going to tell the people that you're cooked into the lasagna before they eat the He's lasagna? He's going to whisper it in no. their ear no. as a haunting. I'm going to come up on a video screen and be like, I'm in the lasagna, bitches! <laughs> Just everyone throwing up Mikey. Well, no, they'll have the Mikey disease where they shit every 20 minutes. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm inside you all, just like I always ah, wanted. Gross. Just like Clear and Devin. <laughs> Remind me not to go to Mikey's funeral. Everyone. Yeah, I'm out. All right. <laughs> I am glad you learned how wills work, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they're breaking into the funeral home for some reason because they want to watch their best friend become embalmed. And then they see single D Todd laying there with a thing sticking out of his neck. And then ah, his arm moves. Yeah, it jerks. Where did he get the intricate device to open the door? He has like a giant men in black-esque weapon where he like turns the door handle. She welded it, Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She can weld. She can unweld. The scene you didn't see was her scoping out the funeral home that afternoon. It's a Mm two-handed door-unlocking weapon that no one commented on. Yeah, because women don't get credit for their work. (laughs) So, and then Tony Todd. Tony Todd's in this movie. And he's great. Yes, I love Tony Todd so much. If you want to hear more about that, check out our Candyman episode. Yeah, it's great. He's amazing. He's awesome in this scene. I think this might be one of my favorite cameos of all time, too. There's a video in our Facebook group of him saying hi to us. Oh, that's Holy right. Shit, that I forgot was about that. That's amazing. Right? That was such a cool thing. And so he's saying in his awesome Tony Todd voice, he says, please, you'll wake the dead. And he says that his arm was spasming because of chemicals. And that, that actually happens. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And that he knows who Alex is. And he's talking about what death is and that there are no accidents, no coincidences. Everything no is escapes. predetermined. Exactly. Yeah. We're all like in a Rube Goldberg. Yeah, he's more of a Calvinist, as they say. I don't believe in like predestination at all. You don't believe in fate? I believe in the more of the Forrest Gump philosophy where it's like a little column A, a little column B. Like yeah. maybe you get put into situations, but you have to make those choices. Okay. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think everything's laid out for you. Mm-hmm. While I don't know how I feel about intelligent design, I don't think that there is a design that guides you through every step of your day all the right. time. No, I don't, you know? I don't either. What do you think? I don't think that God exists and I don't think anyone can prove that he does or doesn't exist or she. So I don't think <laughs> it matters. Like why are we fighting about it? Because you can't prove right. that God or fate or intelligent design exists and I can't prove that God or fate or intelligent design does exist. Yeah, no, that's the so whole like, concept of faith. I know. There's like no right. point in fighting over it. I think it's just a dumb conversation to have. Yeah, I just don't believe that the, the kind of religion I subscribe to doesn't like God struck down the airplane and killed the baby and the guy with cerebral palsy. It's just things happen sometimes, you know. I don't know. My I... God was like, how dare you fly? <laughs> <laughs> It's a front to me. You'll never get your wings, Mikey. <laughs> I 
also kind of think like I'm in a place right now where like what you were saying, I don't need to have an answer for that. So I just kind of like, okay. Listen, I personally don't believe in God really, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that that's important. I know you're Christian, Mikey. That's fine. Like I think whatever works for you as a person, hold on to that. Because listen, when I die, I hope that God exists and there's an afterlife because it's terrifying to me that this is the only thing we get. I don't think God is the problem with the world. I think people are the problem with the world. And the way people describe Mm -hmm. and experience God. Because when you look at like, I've kind of been exploring some different avenues with this and what you find out is a lot of the underlying principles are basically the same. It's the way we define everything and the rules we attach to everything that gets everything all fucked up. Most religious principles are pretty hippy-dippy like, you know, like, be really nice to people and treat people like you want to be treated and then like, then everybody just goes to war over it. Well, yeah, because then they're also <laughs> like, but you can only marry who I say you can. And if you're a woman, I get to control what you do with your body. Tony Todd in the scene posits a world that no matter what you do, you are always going to die. Like, right. Well, it's going to come get you. Well, no, no, no. I mean, but death like, is stalking but, yeah, you. Yeah, the death is like a, like almost a slasher in the sense that death is almost like Michael Myers. He's going to mm-hmm. find you and kill you. Which is such a dark philosophy. I now, agree. to me, I'm all about, I'm more about the journey other than, than the final destination. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you've I, been sitting on that for a while. Yes, I, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Tony Todd's like, look at the glass next to you. It could fall off, and the glass could come up. And I'm like, that's right. just not how I look at the world because, because that sounds exhausting. it would be maddening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would end up in a shack with no electricity, duct taping things to walls, trying right. to cheat death, imploring fish hooks and God at the same time, like oh the God. Unabomber. Or Devin, Devin in South. this movie. Oh, yeah. Four or five scenes later, yeah. It's just I, Devin with his sculpture. I love, with the, with the, I love how I referenced literally three scenes after this, and you thought it was the you know what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, but so what he's saying is by getting off the plane, they altered death's design and they cheated death. And that now death has a new design and they have to figure out what it is to avoid cheating death again. And right. I kind of like that reading, too, is like you you can't, you know, you you can try to make yourself live forever. You can try to overcome this, but you really can't. Yeah, that's why know? in this movie I'd just be like, at this point, I'd just be like, oh, so like no matter what, this is probably going to happen. So just have a good day. No, like, yeah. Let's you know? just have a good time. It almost is Winky freeing. Breaky. Let's go right. back. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and I think maybe you could look at that as the overall point. I'll give is, you something to sculpt about. Right. Just live your life. <laughs> like sculpt what you want. Yeah. Because you're all. We're all gonna die. You know. Zip. Right. <laughs> Um, and so he says, I'll see you soon. And- you do not want your mortician saying, oh, I'll see you soon. No, you don't, especially <laughs> yeah. when they're as creepy and awesome as Tony Todd. Right. Honestly, if it was Tony Todd, I'd want to hang out with him. So that's, I, I'd yes, be on board for man. that. Yeah. Uh, I'd be like, hey, can you show me some mortician stuff? So now we're at a cafe. <laughs> yes. They're sitting on the side of the road, clear, and Devin Sawa, and they're right. talking about, they're kind of exploring this thing that Tony Todd just told him about. And she's kind of saying what we were saying. How do we know that every single thing around us isn't a sign? And they're like, you, you just, you go crazy. Yeah, she, way, I think she know? says coffee starts with a C and ends in an E, and this right. sort of choke. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we're going to choke? Like, you, you would just go crazy thinking of all the possibilities. And exactly. they do. Which he does in the shack <laughs> scene, so he yeah. He does, yeah. And so he, but while they're talking about this, he sees a reflection of a bus in a window but there's no bus on the street <gasps> and so they're saying they messed up the design and what if they weren't meant to get off the plane what if it's still their time to die and they have to figure out the signs right and unless they find the patterns and cheat death again and that's when he shows the uh cut up penthouse that said todd and saying well, he doesn't got say it's sign. a penthouse he just said <laughs> this new yorker uh, article uh-huh. <laughs> like, there's a boob on the back <laughs> Like, uh, I was never here. She's like, it's real sticky. This, this don't 
Touch it. It gets stuck to her finger like in a Christmas vacation. <laughs> That's how she dies. It's like she's trying to get the piece of paper off and flies into a bus. Speaking of buses. Later the scene. <laughs> as they're talking about this, Carter is driving by with his really loud um, late 90s music playing. But he drives by and kind of catches the eye of them. Mm-hmm. And with his girlfriend. Sees, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with Terry. Mm-hmm. And then he like spins around almost getting Sean William Scott killed. Yeah, because he's just riding his bike around plot conveniently. Sean William Scott falls, almost gets run over, but Carter drives over to them and like mm-hmm. starts a fight with Devin because yeah. well, he's the, an because idiot. Because the teacher is there, Miss Luton, and oh, that's so right, that's right. she comes out and she's moving and he's like, oh, you were my favorite teacher and Devin Sow and now I lost my favorite teacher too. And it's very like angsty. I hate Carter so much <laughs> in this movie. I mean, I think he's just an angry person. But so his girlfriend has had enough of this and she's like, I'm moving on. You need to stop getting obsessed with this and if you can't you can just drop fucking dead bam she gets meet joe blast by the bus yeah this is my favorite death in all of horror i love it this is your favorite death in all of horror it is my favorite death in all of horror wow it's so quick i know i love it should have met me 10 years ago (laughs) no but look it's not overly gory and i i mean their faces get splattered with her blood but i don't have to see any of her body you don't see her body okay exactly so it's a brutal death that i don't have to like viscerally experience fair enough there's that drop fucking dead bam like the unexpectedness of it and honestly for her she probably didn't even feel And so now Alex is at home drinking Alka-Seltzer. And so the news (laughs) now has a theory and it's showing the details of the orders of their seats. And so you can kind of see the order that they would have died on the plane. the plane actually went down because like a fuel line thing. And then so it like blew up some of the the chairs, like little mini explosions. Then it gets to a fuel pump and then the whole plane blows up. So by like looking at this, he can piece together the order that they would have died in. And so that's the order that they are now dying in. And it would have been Todd and then it would have been Terry. And so now we cut to Miss Luton and she's packing and she's saying she was really sad to be leaving. She's talking on the phone to somebody. And then she looks out the window and sees creepy Alex creeping around because he's figured yeah. out she would be the next one. Yeah, he's there to make sure she's safe. But yeah. that would be a weird thing to look out your window and see just like one yeah. of your students creeping around your house. Not, and not just any student, the student that you're already super creeped out by. Yes. Yeah. So she immediately calls the FBI and says, he's here, he's outside my house. Mm-hmm. And so the FBI sees him checking checking the air in her tires. The response time for these police officers is great. Again, this is their only Immediate. thing. <laughs> is it a small town? I guess it has because Alex runs everywhere. <laughs> what? Well, no, no. He canoes. Sometimes he does he also canoe. canoe. Yes. Right. And then like, there's only like seven houses because they're like, there's he can only be going one space the direction he's canoeing. Exactly. Because that's the only other yeah. thing I didn't think about that, but yeah, you're right. So they take him in and this is another time where they kind of cut back and forth. So let's talk about Devin Sawa first. So they pull right. him in and he's saying what we've kind of been saying. Like, I saved six people's lives and everybody's treating me like I'm a freak. Like, I didn't want any of this. This is just something that happened. And they're like, yeah, we know you didn't blow up the plane, but these people are dying and we need you to promise me that nobody else is going to die, which... Everyone dies. Like, exactly. that's a ridiculous ask. Right. Haven't <laughs> yeah. you seen the first... Didn't you talk to Tony Todd in your investigation? <laughs> How do yeah. I promise no one's going to die? I, literally, right. yeah. But he's telling them about the pattern, too. Yes. And he's saying, I went to her house because she's next. So he's saying, I can't... I want you to promise nobody's going to die. And he's like, no, she's going to die next. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we and can't then, keep you here. So he's like, good, I'm leaving. Right. And he walks out. They should have been like, you might need a mental health evaluation. And yeah. he probably does. In the book of The Final Destination, he <laughs> actually is 
going around and committing these murders. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, it's, oh. it's a very they changed a lot of things for the movie. Yeah. Because you know when he gets picked up by the teacher's car, it's because he was placing a little bomb in the car. Mm. It's, it's very different. Like yeah, they it's do a different a, feel. They do some nods to the book, but they yeah. not, it's that not would the same. be a better movie. I know. <laughs> Mikey, I know. No. Welcome back to Todd's book club, everybody. <laughs> well, he like feels super guilty. So he's like, or he just like loses it from surviving a plane thing. Yeah. And so he just goes through and starts killing people. Yeah. He starts yeah. thinking that he is death. Oh, yes. It, uh, see, that would work. We got the first 30 pages right here. <laughs> Dollar sign. You know, there are nine novels in this <laughs> franchise. Wait, there are really books? Yep. And two comic books. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think in the fourth one, the canoe is actually the murderer. <laughs> I know you're joking, but like I always doubt when you joke like this. <laughs> Wait, so there aren't books? No, there are. <laughs> no. That was one of my fun facts. One of Jen's fun facts came Holy early. There's shit. nine books? Two comic books, nine novels. Holy Shit. I just made all that up. I didn't realize there was actually books. Maybe we could do Patreon where we just read each chapter. <laughs> it's like my dad wrote a porno, but for Final Destination. That's actually not a bad idea. Okay. So now Miss Luton is packing and she gets out uh, her record and announces to no one that it's her mom's favorite album. Yeah. And it's Rocky Mountain High. Well, she lives alone, has a couple cats. I didn't see any cats. I didn't either. I just assumed. She has the cats. (laughs) (laughs) The cats live in her heart, Todd. Yeah, the cats are inside of her. The whole time. (laughs) So she puts on the record and then she goes into the kitchen and starts to boil some tea. Yes. And then she sees a dark shadow or we see a dark shadow in the reflecting surface of the teapot. So she gets scared and she throws her tea out, but she's still got to drink something. So she gets her vodka out. Right. She pours it into the hot tea glass, cracking the bottom of it, dripping vodka all over her. And house. that is something that you would notice. I would notice. Yeah. Mm. If I notice when I spill on myself, then I would definitely notice vodka spilling everywhere. I yeah. have dripped a lot of alcohol in a lot of places <laughs> in this town. You don't know. If it's your first drink, maybe you notice. But it is her first drink. Well, it's the first drink in this scene. That's what about fair. your house? What about in your house? I've spilled alcohol on a computer in my house. Did it blow up and blow glass into your neck until you almost died and then you got stabbed by a knife unexpectedly? It did, yeah. This death is ridiculous because that does happen. She spills it on her huge effing monitor from the 90s (laughs) and it explodes and then the glass on the monitor goes into her neck. Right. And then she falls. Right. Because she's dripping blood all over her house. She's already dripped vodka. Right. So now when the stove explodes for some reason, oh, because of the spark of the computer, it like leads a fire trail to her. So she's slipping in her blood. The fire is coming to get her. And then she's like laying on the floor trying to keep from bleeding out of her neck. She tries to pull a towel off and it's on top of all of her knives. Don't ever do that, pro tip. Yeah, because the knives land all around her and then in her. Yeah, and it's still kind of like sticking out a little bit, so it's not like, it probably hasn't penetrated her sternum I don't think. I don't know. So Devin shows up and he's like, what is the best way I can make this look like a murder I committed? Right. So he goes over there and grabs the knife, puts his fingerprints all over it, puts his shoe prints in her blood. That's caramelized. (laughs) (laughs) And then he runs out of the house as fast as possible as it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> when Billy just happens to be riding his yeah. bike around, so there's yeah, well, a witness. It's only one neighborhood. This whole, it's, it's seven houses is this whole That's town. That's true, yeah. So he's got his fingerprints on the murder weapon. There's an eyewitness seeing him run away from the crime as it explodes. There's mm-hmm. no way he's not going to jail right after this. Well, and at this point, he starts hiding. Oh, and he just told the cop she was gonna That's die. That's right. <laughs> yep. I bet they feel real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wrap it up, boys. It literally is an open and shut case. It at this is, point. yeah. And you know their boss was like, Shrek and Wiener, come on. <laughs> I can't wait for making a murder season three with this, <laughs> Shrek with and this Wiener. story. So now they go to the memorial and right. Stifler and Jack are there and Jack's wanting to scratch uh, Terry's name onto the memorial, right. which makes sense. Yeah, because she did die. Right. Also, he's in grief. But Clear is there too and he's, she says the FBI are watching her. And so now they're going to try to find Devin Sawa. And so they're all in Jack's car and they're driving around. Yeah, and Stifler's there with them. Mm-hmm. Yes, because yeah. now he's part of the Scooby squad for the rest of the movie. I mean, it's pretty much the surviving members, except for Devin, who they go meet. Right. And so Clear, they le- leave. They let her out of the car and drive off again. And she goes up and walks over to the beach and talks to him. And this is where we get her sad backstory and finding out why she's kind of invested in this. Also, why we never see her parents, because right. her dad was killed in a tragic accident where I think he was trying to stop a robbery. Yeah, he was shot. shot in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those random things. But yeah. then her mom had a hard time dealing with it, married an asshole who was probably preying on her in a weakened state, and it fucked her family up. Yeah. And so she's saying, "There's a I want to believe that there's a version of me that could have subverted this and kept this from happening to my family. And I think that's kind of the, the pull of wanting to cheat death, is wanting to say, I don't want these terrible things to happen. I want to live in these happy moments that I have, but it's just that you just can't, you know? Right. But so she's saying, if you keep fighting, if you keep holding on, we can cheat death. And she's wrong. And so now they're all in the car and they're saying, I don't care if you knew if they were going to die. Did you know that she was going to be next? And he says, yes, I did know she was going to be next. And so then, of course, their question is, well, which one of us? Yeah, is well, next? which one of us is next? Carter right? is saying, like, he's kind of putting two and two together. He's like, you won't tell me because I'm the one who's next, right? And so this is when he decides to try to kill himself so that he can have control over his own life. Yeah, and the other three people in the car who exactly. he's also trying to kill at this point. Yes. Well, so he's driving really, really fast, and he's, um, Alex notices that his seatbelt is broken. And at first, I thought his seatbelt was actually broken, but I think that's kind of a premonition it was. for how he it gets was. out he of the car. He actually says it later, yeah. Yeah, and this is the first time I noticed that in this movie. Right, because I kind of, at this point, the movie just kind of spirals into like, it, it does, just it gets very quick. Really yeah. fast, yeah. But so Clear is saying, Carter, you're just scared and I think this is when we kind of start to understand how he's reacting to all, a lot of this. Um, and he's saying, I control my life, I control my death. Yeah. And so he takes his hand off the wheel and they're about to run into a gigantic 18-wheeler. Right, but they survive that. Barely. But then Alex sees a train pass through the window and so he goes and drives on a train track now he didn't see the train but he goes to and he just parks the car on the train track with the four of them all in it and we hear that a train is coming and so billy gets out and they all get out of the car through billy's door except for carter and carter's just sitting there and he's like this is my you know there's a lot going on in his mind and i think this is his way of trying to deal with it but then like we were talking about when the train is in his face he's like no 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 it's not my time i need to get out and he starts to panic and then he can't get out because the door Door won't open and his seatbelt is stuck. Yeah, death shadow comes or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. And so Devin Sala comes and he had known that the seatbelt would rip, so he rips it. They get out. And you know what? The train never honked. No, you heard the train honking a lot. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Should have put some brakes on. It did not try to that. I was like, fuck you guys. 
<laughs> right. I gave you it's a minute and a half. <laughs> exactly. You're on tracks. There are signs. Yeah. But so everybody's okay. And Alex is trying to say, like, I saw it. I intervened. I saved everyone. I skipped him. I've cracked this code. Yeah. But now Stifler is standing up and getting really mad, understandably, because Carter just tried to kill him. Yeah. And so as that's happening, the train picks up a piece of metal and shoots it and cuts Stifler's head halfway off. Actually, he cuts half of his head all the way off. True. You're right. He doesn't cut. He cuts, <laughs> he cuts that half. You're clean right. Off. Yeah. Yes. It is very brutal and out of nowhere. Yes. You know. And so now they're like, holy shit, the cops are definitely going to still want to question you. So now they decide that Devin Sawa is going to go to Clear's summer cabin that she, oh I guess, gosh. frequented with her dad or yeah. something. But it's also in the same town and only a mile away from her actual house. Well, it's a canoe mile away. Yeah. So you, you know. can just simply canoe from one house to the next. <laughs> of course. Yes. I mean, it is very Dawson's Creek. So now he's at Clear's cabin and he's like going crazy and duct taping everything. And he's, he's just way overly cautious. He is. Is what it is. Yeah. He's basically like Charlie from It's Always Sunny with the red string, just with duct tape everywhere. Yeah. And then we see an extended scene of him opening Eating up some cat food, cat food or, or whatever it is. Probably tuna. It probably but, is yeah. tuna, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so then death blows leaves into the cabin, knocks over the trash, which rolls over the cat food thing, which knocks over the fishing pole, which like deaths in the door and almost knifes him in the face. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. I caught you, death. Uh Not so fast. Then he picks up things like tetanus. That's how you're going to get me. Yeah, you motherfucker. Clever Clever death. (laughs) I was like. You are gone. Yeah, You're this gone. guy is literally insane. And then he is literally imploring death and the heavens yeah. from a cabin. Yeah. yeah. He can still get it, though. He's 17, Jen. Just remember that. I was 17. <laughs> I will just remind you when I saw this movie. And he is our age now. I'm, gonna say, so. I'm not attracted to the same people as I was at Looking back on it, like, when I was dating the girl I was when I was 17, looking back at the photos, I'm not sexually attracted to her at that age. <laughs> That's what we're saying. That's, that's, that's yeah. the point we're making. The point we're making is that we still find the age people who are age appropriate attractive. Mm. Yeah. I'm looking at him through the love of nostalgia. <laughs> that won't stand up in court, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I love Hey, I didn't do anything. Got her. Okay. I nailed it. <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. We got her. We're Shrek and Ween. <laughs> we are Shrek and Ween. And you're I Shrek. I mean, okay, so now Claire is at her house and she's looking at a picture of her dad and she decides to turn him into the FBI agents. For reasons. Yeah, for 90s reasons. But she's saying, like, I'm not turning him in. He just needs help. So Because he's insane. <laughs> exactly. And he is insane. And he is. Yeah. And so now Alex is still looking at his red string map of the fuselage layout and he's realizing I never changed my seat so Clear is actually next not me. Right so he's got to go save Clear. Exactly because theoretically he's safe now until she dies. Which is not true because we just saw Death try to kill him. Exactly. He's just completely delusional. Yeah. Yes he is. And so the police get there and they have a high speed canoe chase. (laughs) This is hilarious because he runs gets in the the canoe and leaves and there's like 10 officers that are like And one of them is running at him with a shotgun. Right. Like they're going to blow a hole in him. You blow a hole in the canoe and then he wow. sinks and he's got to swim oh, back. I think that's a little risky. Yeah, that's a little risky. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying problem solving wise. But then you know? we realize that it's faster to canoe from the lake house to yeah. Clear's house than to drive there. Right. Because he beats them there by three minutes. They're in Venice. They're like, there's no <laughs> way that it's quicker to go by water than it is by I don't drive. I this town had 40 students to die in a plane crash. Exactly. <laughs> that was, like a- was their entire senior class. <laughs> 
All right. So now Claire is at her house. And so the power's out and there's a live wire and it's just flying all over the place. It's out. It's in the front of her house. Yeah. And it right. Just, it's causes a lot of trouble. Yeah. The right. dog's about to die. So she right. goes outside and tries to save the dog. Mm-hmm. And Next, I've never seen before this point in the movie. Right. I think there was some dog shadowing. Was there some dog yeah, shadowing? There were some yeah. dog shadowing. Yeah. It's like all Rube Goldbergian in nature. There's like a lot of events that are leading to how death is trying to kill her. Right. Trying to kill her through like electrocution because her above ground pool drains and she's in that water. Then she yeah. drums, jumps in the trellis, climbs the trellis, goes inside as the electricity is trying to kill her. It's, she goes to the car, he goes to the garage, he's in the garage. Yeah. He and tries then to get backs out of the garage yeah. because it's whipping against the... Yeah. Then the garage machine, like the motor of the garage door falls in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's so much going on that is a little silly, but it is very mousetrap. It is, yeah. yeah. And while this is happening, we're cutting to Devin Sowell running through the woods. Right. And he falls down a hill and almost gets face stabbed with a big pointy stick. Right. And then he has a tree fall on him and his face is like in some a puddle of water. And so it's all happening really fast. But what happens is Claire's house starts to catch on fire. She ends up in the car in her garage and the live wire is there. And so then Devin Sawa shows up and he's like, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to sacrifice myself and intervene. Yeah, because a fire also goes underneath the car to light the fuel tank on right. fire. Right. Yeah, because she was grounded by the tires in the car, which mm-hmm. is, this movie is how I learned that that was a thing also. High oh, yeah? Gin. Yeah. So now, I'm not exactly sure what the logic of this is. The logic is he's going to kill himself, thereby skipping her. Mm, and so then, the I guess she, sacrifice. she can yes. never die. Right. 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 She would have become immortal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, think, I don't yeah. think that's what happens. But he would have right. skipped her. So he's like sacrificing himself. And I do love that they have this conversation through like an up window. Right. So they're like having this sort of like, I'm about to kill myself situation, but yeah. they're like sort of yelling at each other. <laughs> I'll always be there for you, even though this is the first time we've talked about I'll, our feelings. Always be inside <laughs> you. Yeah. So anyway, he grabs the live wire and gets thrown no, back. No, no, He hits it with a metal shovel. Oh, that, yeah. He yeah, does try sorry. to shovel away sorry, the live that's wire. Right. And then You're that right. blows up and he flies away. It's like yeah. his plan blows up in his face. Well, no, he yeah. does grab it off the top of the front of her car, though. And that's when he gets blown backwards. Not that it matters. I think you're right. Because you're like, oh, well, he's dead and she's safe. Right. That's it. End of movie. He grabs the wire and flies back, and then everything immediately stops, and it's perfectly safe now. Well, yeah, because death's toll has been paid. <laughs> exactly. So Shrek and Ween do come over there and do some CPR on him. Yeah. And you She's don't know like, whether he lived or died. Don't do this to me, Alex. Yeah. I know we've never talked about our feelings, but we're going to hook up now. We had a hundred opportunities, and we didn't take it, but now that you've almost died. Right. Anyway, so then it fades to black, right? It fades to white. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Because excuse now, you. and I mean, I think it's meant to imply that maybe he's dead. Right, he yeah. went and, to heaven. Right, but it's not. It's a long hallway to another airplane and so they get off the plane and everybody's speaking French and we see the shoulder rub of implications that they are together <laughs> now <laughs> because of the implication Mike right that she and Devin Tower are together which I like and, and they got, are and she's got blonde hair they now. hold hands oh and yeah. her hair looks so much better now yeah she does I do love that they're together but I she's do. only rubbed his shoulders and held his hand like in the contract she was like I'm not kissing Devin so now <laughs> So now they get to their Paris cafe on the sidewalk. That looks just like the sidewalk that Tori got killed on. It does. Yeah. It's Terry, but yeah. With slightly Terry. different arranging. Except yeah. there's a mime there who's singing yeah, um, yeah, Rocky I don't Mountain think you know what a mime is. If you A mime can't be singing. This is the Final right. Destination universe, Todd. <laughs> Mimes can sing in this universe. But right. only John Denver. They can only sing like foreshadowing yeah, right. songs. And then like a small European-esque car. And yeah. Like, oh, this is Europe. This is Europe. 
you're a boo. Oh, and they're okay. drinking wine. But anyway, so there, Jack's feeling emotional. And this is when I really like his character a lot. I think Carter. he's kind of, mm-hmm. Carter, yeah, he's kind of worked through some things too. And he's saying like, we've completed a puzzle, but it feels like something's missing. And they're like, oh yeah, all of our friends that died too. So they raise <laughs> a glass. Yeah. And then we see the mime start to play John Denver. Not a mime. And then Devin just can't give it up. So he gets out his red string map of plane death. And they're like, not again. We've already moved past this. Because she's saying, like, what we won was a chance at a full life. But he's just talking about how he still can't quite figure this out. And did they actually intervene? And does this whole plot of this movie totally make sense? And we're all saying, not really. But we'll keep (laughs) going with it. But also, we don't care because we got to see some fun deaths. Yeah, which is the whole premise of the franchise. But so now he's saying, like, (laughs) Jack is saying, if it's going to circle back, I'm the luckiest fucker in the world because it's got to kill both of you first so yeah. I'm just going to make sure you guys don't die and so then we see the cheesy om- ominousness of like a meat hook and then uh. wine spills on the word me and so Alex is going to go back to the hotel this is when Clear sees the bus yes and she becomes clear about what's going on in this story <laughs> <laughs> and so it almost hits Alex and it runs over the street vendor and it sets in motion a whole mousetrap thing where a sign is about to fall down and hit Devin Sawa but Carter pushes him out out of the way. Jumps on top of him. Yes. yes. Intervening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Intervening in death's design. And so then he's standing up and he's like, so what the fuck? I just saved you. So who's next? And then we see the sign coming behind him. Because he doesn't know how physics works. Right. You know how I know he didn't graduate high school? <laughs> he doesn't understand how physics works. Because he's works. an idiot. So he's saying, who's next? Who's next? And we see the sign coming back and about to get him. And then that's the end. Roll credits. That's the movie. The movie. And I love, 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 love. Yes, it's cheesy as hell. Yes, the plot doesn't really work out. But fun deaths. I can project a bunch of shit. Tony Todd, that whole like plane explosion moment I was talking about earlier. I love this movie. I like it for it being dumb and silly. It is a silly sort of fun. Let's watch some Rube Goldbergian deaths. But it's not a well-written movie. I don't think this is a great movie. I, I know, think I, know. I you love, love it. it. You love yeah, it. yeah. But I, I do like. I agree with everything you're saying, except I do like the nihilism. I, right. I probably enjoyed it more watching it with you guys. I really appreciate the silliness a lot more. I think mm. it's more fun to watch with people because yeah. then you can make jokes about it yeah. together. If you're watching it by yourself, you're like, this doesn't really make any sense, right? But it is sort of some cool deaths, and that's mm-hmm. I, I get why people like that part of it. And the franchise continues to like lean into the cool death part of it. They don't it lean too. into better writing. Yeah. <laughs> For as dark as the content is, it's not a dark movie. No, it's no, not. It's, not. it's yeah. silly or as nihilistic as it is. Yeah. And like we are talking about like how we would make this now, and it would be a much darker movie. Yeah. Well, let's talk some box office, guys. All right. So what do you think the budget was for this movie? Probably pretty high. I'm gonna say Thirty million. What do you think, Mike? One dollar. This is not Price is Right rules. What? No. So she's closer. Uh, it was twenty-three million dollars. This, this is. You cannot change the rules. I was not recordings. too far off though. Also, for the record, we've never had rules for this. Anyway, so it's tw- it was twenty-three million dollars. Nice. And if you adjust for inflation, it's like thirty-five, thirty-four and a half million dollars. Right. So Jen would have been much, Price much is closer. Wrong, bitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> One dollar still wins. <laughs> So what do you think this movie made worldwide in its um, initial theatrical release? 70 million. Well, you're both under. It's $112 million. Nice. Now, if you went just for inflation on that, that would be like $160, 170000000 million. Sweet. That's a really, really big like return on investment there. It That's really very, is. very, very good. Yeah. It did very good. Yeah. I understand why they have... Like four Four sequels. sequels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's box office. Jen, do you have some fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. 
Hit us with your fun facts. Oh, yes, I will. So Jeffrey Riddick wrote this movie, and we've given him some shit. But I do think he came up with a cool concept. He did. Much like George Lucas did with Star Wars, he wrote the first one. It wasn't great, but they made some cool stuff afterwards. Right. And I mean, it did well. So, you know. Yeah. Got to give him that. But so he said he was inspired by um, reading a story about a woman who was about to board a a flight and her mom called her and said she had had a premonition about the plane going down. And so the woman didn't board the flight. And then the next day, the plane actually did go down and crashed. And he just thought that was a creepy concept. Yeah, absolutely. what he wrote. Now, I got a bummer fun fact. Uh There was a real flight, um, TWA flight 800. And on July 17th, 1996, and it exploded in midair and crashed into the Atlantic near New York City. It exploded 12 minutes after takeoff. All 230 people on board died. It was the third deadliest aviation accident in U.S. history. It was likely caused by a short circuit causing a fuel tank to explode. So kind of similar. Like I I can tell he took a lot of elements from that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was flying from JFK to Paris and... There were 16 students and five adult chaperones from the Montersville area high school French club on board going on their class trip to Paris. So, yeah, it was a really that's a bummer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So this was originally written for an episode of the X-Files. Oh, yeah. 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 I could see that. What they did is they aged down the ages of the characters. It was originally going to be adults, but they made it teenagers so they could kind of cash in on the heart. That was a good idea. Yeah. And they extended it a little bit and made it a little darker. Um, the original actors that were going to be in this were Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Wow. Yeah, okay. isn't that interesting? Spider-Man. And then they went on to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah, yeah. Clear's cabin that they go to is the same cabin used in Lake Placid. Oh, it's which a great I haven't movie. seen. It's a horror film, right? Oh, yeah. So we've talked a little bit about like what you can read into this movie. And I want to recommend a book that has a chapter about this. It's called The 1990s Teen Horror Cycle, Final Girls and a New Hollywood Formula by Alexandra West. She's one of the co-hosts of uh, Faculty of Horror. And it's a great book about this movie and kind of where it fits in the 90s horror movie cycle. So check it out. It's really cool. There hadn't been a sequel in a while, but it was announced that they were going to reboot it or something in 2019. And I don't know if anything's still happening with this, but Tony Todd has given an interview saying that it's not likely because the budget would have to be really high. And right now, like the Blumhouse machine is like making the low budget and it's movies to make a lot of money. Unless they did it like me and Todd were talking about. Yeah. Mm, I mean, we could pitch that script. Honestly, Tony Todd, just give me a call. We'll work out some details. But yeah, I don't think it's likely anytime soon. Fair enough. All right. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. Well, you're very welcome. All right. So let's do the scary scale, Jen. Hey, listeners. Our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scared we were when we watched this movie today. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scary we found it today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd. A one. A one. I don't oh. think this movie is scary at all. I think maybe the the bad writing takes me out of it. It's just silly. It's fun. Like, it really is right. a silly, fun movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm not shitting on it. It's just not scary. It's just silly and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikey? I also give it a one. Yeah. <laughs> For the same reason. Yeah. Samesies. Twinsies. Oh, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Because I just, it makes me really nervous and uncomfortable. There's a lot of tension, and I look around at all the shit in my house that could kill me if I'm not careful. Sure. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. All right. And that's our scary scale. All right. Well, this week you guys made me watch Final Destination. What are you guys making me watch next week? 
Well, we're not making you watch anything, Todd. Oh, listener request. It is a listener request. Voice. Yes, our January theme was horror of the 2010s. Yeah, because we just ended that decade. Yes, we did. So oh. anything from 2010 to 2019 was fair game. And you guys picked Train to Busan. Yes. Which I'm really excited about because I've heard amazing things, but I haven't seen it it's yet. It's really good. It. I haven't seen it either. Oh, yeah. so It'll we're all going to be train nice. virgins. Very, very cool. <laughs> I don't think you're going to love this movie. <laughs> I don't think I am. One of our Facebook uh, friends said, um, we're going to make Todd cry from terror and sadness. So. Yeah, I, I have a friend, Whitney, who has a, <laughs> a podcast called The Weird Robot, and she uh, and her husband have both told me that it's like a very, very sad and scary mm. movie. Aww. Yeah, Now we're less excited, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so next week, Train to Busan, and it is on Netflix. Woo! And thank you for participating in that poll. Yeah, absolutely. All Patreons are eligible to vote and suggest movies whenever we do a listener request, which we do once a month. Yeah, so, so check it out, guys. Mm-hmm. And honestly, check out our bonus episodes that we right. just started doing this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already had uh, one launch. We're going to have another one launch, I think, this Friday. Yeah. Kind of changing up a little bit of how we do our Patreon content. And I think we're thinking about some exciting stuff. So now it's come time for Mikey to practice reading Uh-oh. with another five-star review. And if you guys would like Mikey to read one of your five-star reviews. Leave us a five-star Leave star us a five-star review. review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review there because that's pretty much the only platform you can. True. Yeah. But but if you leave it somewhere else, screenshot it and so email it to yeah. us. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review that you're going to read for us? I do. Awesome. Sasha Kubert. Ooh, hey, oh, Sasha. Nice. She says, Mikey, please read this if you were the godfather. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Are you going to read us a review we can't refuse? <laughs> <laughs> the HV podcast can get it. Oh, wow. Is that how your godfather sounds? Uh-huh. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like can get it. Thank you, Sasha. That's <laughs> right. very sweet. You guys are so funny. So entertaining <laughs> Jim your fun facts are usually fun and always interesting oh thank you usually fun that seems like shade <laughs> I know man <laughs> since we are both moms we share similar perspectives Aww. of the movies you guys review I wish you guys could see Mikey's hand right now because it's like in this little squeeze together right. thing. It's amazing. And you're funnier than Todd, Mikey. Winky emoji face. Yeah, winky because Wink. it's not true. Exactly. Yeah, no. That implies yeah. deception. No. I think she's hitting on me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mikey, you are the gallows humor I need during my morning commute. And as a person who works in behavioral health, I can identify with your new catchphrase I'm a therapist. Not his there. <laughs> is that your new catchphrase? If you I'm finally got that catchphrase that I got. <laughs> I mean, oh. you have said that. Uh, mm. <laughs> what happened to the Godfather? <laughs> the Godfather just sounds like Mikey whispering to somebody. <laughs> I can't do. Don, please always stay awesome. Your excitement about literally everything makes the podcast so fun. Is this well, the I'm part of the movie right it. before the Godfather dies? Yeah. <laughs> I love all three of you and oh, the whole oh, virgin family that is. Building around this podcast. Aww. Awesome. It I've been really listening to this too. podcast since 2018. Oh, wow. Well, before mm-hmm. me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so excited every week when a new episode comes out. Oh, we thanks. have not yet missed a week. We haven't. We're Knock so on proud wood. of that. Yeah. Five out of five. We'll try again each week. <laughs> what does that mean? That she's going to listen every week. Yeah. She's going to try again. Me maybe too. they'll finally figure out how to do it. <laughs> I mean, maybe we will. <laughs> five stars. Aww. Well, thank you very much, Sasha yes, Kubert. We appreciate that. So that. Sweet. Thank you. So, guys, leave us a five star review so we can read your five star review. All right, guys. So, we are a member of the Consequence of Sound Podcast Network. We are. So, check yeah. out their site, Consequence of Sound, and check out all of the podcasts that are there. Like, yes. 
like the opus. This must be the gig. I actually just listened to This Must Be the Gig this week. She interviewed Jenny Slade, who I think is hilarious. And it was an awesome interview. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I think she just interviewed Alicia Keys, too. Oh, I, yeah. I have cool. a crush on Jenny Slade. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think she's awesome. She's yeah. awesome. I loved her on Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, but there's also Kyle Meredith with and The Fifth Dimension, too. And lots of awesome articles that run on that site. Yeah, so check definitely out. check it out. Yeah, Music the- and movie related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. If you guys want to check out our stuff online, go to horrorvirgin.com where you can see Jen's blog and links to the merch store and stuff like that. Or just follow our socials at Horror Virgin on all the different social channels. If you want to follow us each individually, Mikey is at M Randolph 24, Jen is at Jen Ferratu, and I am at Tajay Awesome. We also hang out all day, every day in the Facebook group that you can find on Facebook. Dial it, dial it back. Well, I mean, we do talk there every day. And if you want to help financially support the show, please do at patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get your weekly and monthly shout outs and just a lot of great levels, a lot right. of great bonus content. We've started doing regular bonus episodes that we put up and honestly, irregular bonus episodes that'll come out sort of right. whenever we can do them, but those aren't guaranteed. So they're not like tied to a certain level. Right. Yeah. And maybe some video stuff. I watch yeah. a lot of horror TV. Yeah. Keep meaning to do stuff. Though. I got some video stuff, but it's not, not appropriate yeah. for, not for anyone to view. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's going to be it from us, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so that thing that I knocked over that I thought was the theme music earlier in the episode is actually something that's about to kill me with like some kind of scissors contraption right now. Well, then we need to leave. We do need to get out of here. <laughs> right. yeah. Thank you so much for joining Absolutely. us for this episode. Yeah, this was really fun. I love this movie. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. Have an amazing week. Bye. Death nerds. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.